I'm concerned for later now. I've been playing this game wrong the whole time. Like, <laughs> you can't change the rules, Ryan. <laughs> Not fair. But it's amazing. Welcome to Things We Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And we're super excited to be back. Uh, I will just say right up front, uh, we're going to see how this audio goes because uh, myself and Rachel are not in our uh, our world-class studio that we're normally in, i.e. two separate offices. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we are sitting in a safe house in the middle of nowhere or what appears to be a safe <laughs> house if you ever saw us on Zoom. So it um, echoes because there's no direct decoration, so no one can identify us. <laughs> it does kind of look like a safe room on the top floor. The bottom floor is very quaint, and the exterior is a very, very well-detailed uh, little cottage garage shed thing on a little piece of land. Ooh. But the upstairs it's- is white, unfinished, <laughs> And rows of windows that don't give you any details. <laughs> so a little bit of apologies. Obviously, we're going to make this the best we can. But uh, we have a little bit of like backup mics and uh, doing what we can. But uh, the fun will still be had. So excited. Many a fun will be had. Many a fun will be had. Is this the fort? This- I think it oh. might be. It's the safe house. Oh, that, <laughs> that actually brings up a good point. So I remembered just as we started why the joke of the fort came up for the show uh, in the first place. And so, like, obviously, there's the phrase of, like, holding down the fort, you know, or whatever. But it's because our very first trial episode, uh, and I think maybe even the one afterwards, I had to record in my closet because I didn't have a designated space (laughs) that I couldn't be disturbed and with good audio. And so we made jokes about, like, building something and, you know, for me to record in. And eventually it came to the conclusion that we were going to build a pillow fort for me to record record in and thus the fort was born on things i got wrong (laughs) i i mean that that has to be true when you said that i also the first thing that came to mind was was not the closet but it was uh rachel wanting to record an episode in (laughs) a couch cushion fort (laughs) in the name of better acoustics yes yes (laughs) we were having trouble (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and we were trying to build up pillows around where I was sitting when I was thinking, well, the logical next step is to just have a pillow fort. I mean, I'm not going to like shoot down the idea. I think I would really <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> I'd have to find like the winning fort combination. Coming soon. Things I Got Wrong builds their own recording studio, which is actually just a room with three separate pillow forts in it. <laughs> That's the live episode. The yeah. backdrop is all pillow fort stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing what we can. We're literally attempting our best to hold down the fort here. So, uh, yeah. Also, uh, I have to make a quick mention uh, our little like newspaper editorial redactions section <laughs> um joe one of our our friends who uh, comments and messages us on instagram uh kindly pointed out uh very kindly that uh last episode we had a question about uh the ph balance of a banana <laughs> and uh kindly mentioned that uh we totally i my words now uh, am a complete dum dum and totally forgot that acid is the low end of the scale and base is the high end. 
<laughs> and I literally like I read the question and I researched the question and I knew all of that. And then just at some point as we were talking, as is wont to happen, facts became completely obscured and something about just I don't know when it, well, I was thinking about a banana and nowhere in my head do I think of a banana being acidic. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was just in my head, I was like, okay, so acid just feels like it gets to the higher edge of the scale. Uh, it's more and more reason. acidic. It's yeah, more, acidic, it, more right? and more in base would be lower number because base. <laughs> <laughs> so did I get the question right with the wrong like assumptions of it <laughs> it would be very apropos of the show if we did because <laughs> <laughs> i think i did say like 4.7 or something which yeah and that was basically right i i think it was like 4.4 to 4.6 oh um, god we're, we're dumb oh my but god <laughs> acidic uh acid ph not base uh yeah so thank you there uh you know you just i don't know between that and geek bracket like it's been a it's been a rough month for wrong answers <laughs> hey you know what people come here for the things i got wrong podcast it it was duly uh yeah you got what you what was bargained <laughs> to you <laughs> yeah, you, get, you, <laughs> you get what you come for but, although we're uh, trying to to go from things we got wrong to things we think we're getting right <laughs> Cheers to Joe. Kudos. And uh, also, I mean, you know, he he kindly said it and uh, it just, you know, was a fact that not only passed over the three of us on the call, but also, you know, all of our other listeners. So I have to assume, I don't know. I I also in the same boat together. One of us, one of us, one of us. Or or just in private, they scoff at us. Uh, And by private, I mean, probably just the Internet, because we're not really ones to be on there enough. I was going to say, you can't group all of our listeners into those who who did not do well with uh, high school's high school chemistry. (laughs) Oh, no. I, I assume they all had it. I just have to assume that Twitter is just buzzing as it does each and every episode with all the things that we get wrong and right. Because <laughs> there's nothing else newsworthy going on. No, of course not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, much yeah. appreciated. I certainly we, we make won't... good fun of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, much appreciated. Uh, it's not a, uh, a question in pub trivia or anywhere else that I will be uh, getting wrong twice, I don't think. So. <laughs> I might be. Yeah. I wrong answers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll get some trivia. Uh, this is the 65th ever episode. Woo, woo, woo. 65. There you go. And uh, we have six rounds of wonderful questions for us to answer and vie for uh, all the internet points in the world. And uh, this will go well. I have a round <laughs> that uh, is unlike anything I've ever done before. Oh, man. Uh, in the most seemingly ridiculous way possible. So we'll, we'll get there later on, but uh, we'll get started with Stu when you're ready. Oh, geez. I'm, I'm concerned for later now. <laughs> 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 that's that's uh, it's scary. <laughs> cool. But yes, uh, getting to trivia. So my round is called Character Countdown or Side Character Countdown, to be more accurate. Whoa. I'm going to list characters uh, from popular shows, starting with the more obscure characters to the main character. Uh, So this would be a list of 10 characters from a show. And then if you can get it right within the first five, you get two points. 
And if you can get uh, the name, I'm sorry, if you can get the name of the show within the first five characters, you get two points. And if you get the name of the show within all 10, you get one point. Nice. Got it. Got it. Already. <laughs> Question number one. Chester McBadbat. <laughs> Mark Chang. Francis. Chip Skylark. Ryan. Ryan. Is this American Dad? It is not American Dad, no. Number five, Trixie Tang. Oh, Rachel. Rachel. Uh, this is Danny Phantom. Oh, no, it is not Danny Phantom. I'll let uh, you guys keep guessing. I'll go down the list until somebody right. gets it. Oh, I, I actually have another. Okay. This is a Fairly Odd Parents? It is a Fairly Odd Parents, oh. yes. I, I realized it right away that I got the wrong one. Yes. Nice. <laughs> the good, nice job with both animations, though, because like yeah. I could see that. That would be two points to Rachel. Question number two. Todd Zarnecki. Lucy. Leslie Winkle. Barry Kripke. Number five is Stuart Bloom. These all sound so familiar. They're they just sound so very familiar. I yeah, <laughs> I know. There's and it gets easier. Number yeah, six, sure. Priya Kutherpali. Number seven, Amy Farrah Fowler. Number eight, Leonard Hofstetter. Rachel. Rachel. Is this the Big Bang Theory? It is the Big Bang yeah. Theory. Yes. Yeah. Nice. One point to Rachel. <laughs> That's what I thought it, with Leonard. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I know the first five are pretty hard on that. Leslie Winkle, if you've ever seen the show, uh, regularly might nope. give it away. But yeah, I not have not been much of a fan. No, and that's okay. Uh, I've seen a bit of it, but that one yeah. is a little bit better of a show. <laughs> <laughs> nice one point to Rachel. Question number three: Tamara, David Nolan, Mister Hyde, Zelina. Number five is Mary Margaret. Ryan. Rachel. Ryan. I, I'm just going to say probably because of Tamara, but is this sister, sister? It is not sister, sister, no. <sighs> Rachel, what's your guess? Is this Once Upon a Time? It is Once Upon a Time. <laughs> Mary Margaret. <laughs> yep, I knew that one would give it away, but I had to give it a shot. Well, actually, I, I suspected it right away for Mr. Hyde, yeah. but I, I didn't look, I didn't watch far enough along to... To know oh, for sure Mr. if he was a character. Oh man, sense. it's such a good show for the first like three seasons. <laughs> I know. I've watched like the first two. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome. Two points for Rachel. Uh, killing it with this round. Question number four and the final question of the round Ruby. Number two is Jody Mills. Number three is Bobby Singer. Number four is Meg Masters. Number five is Lilith. Rachel? Lilith. Rachel. Is this Sabrina? It is not Sabrina. Any guesses before I move on to uh, uh, the last five? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, number six would be Crowley. Rachel. Rachel. The Supernatural. It's Supernatural. Oh. I think <laughs> nice. you two are much more aligned in TV scope than I am. <laughs> we might be, yeah. I, was, I tried to pick more popular shows, uh, Supernatural being a little bit more obscure, uh, but yeah. 
I watch very select TV and you managed to hit on every show that I watch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I thought that there would be more overlap for the both of you. So sorry, that was kind of more of a one-sided round there for Rachel with uh, six points. No, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's uh, rare for me to ever have any overlap on any TV. <laughs> <laughs> we have similar tastes in a lot of ways, I think. Yeah. Nicely nice. done. Uh, yeah, six points to Rachel and myself and Stu just holding down the fort. Okay, so I decided to go back and we're going to talk about 20th century slang. (laughs) So um, a lot of these words and terms are still used today. This should be very interesting. (laughs) Actually, no, they're all still used today, but oftentimes they have a different meaning. Okay, so are we guessing, we're guessing what the term of the word is? Either the term or what it means. Okay. I will... As my questions off go, you'll know what I'm asking for. Okay. All cool. right. So not a birthday one it, um, like it is today. This alliterative addition to birthday was known first as a drunken spree. Stu? <laughs> go ahead. A birthday bash? That is correct. A oh, bash was a, bir- was a drunken spree. Two I did not know about there. that. Yeah. No. You just say like somebody's out on a bash right now? <laughs> like... I guess so. Um, <laughs> at some point also in the 1920s, and I didn't include this word in here but because uh, I couldn't figure out how to word it, a date was a stupid person. Huh. <laughs> huh. Okay. So figure out that one. <laughs> <laughs> nice job there. Thank you. Question number two. What's a meat hook from 1920s slang? What is a meat hook? Yes. Oh, like what's it mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, How would you use meat hook in a sentence if you had to use it? <laughs> Give me that meat hook so I can hang this giant fish. <laughs> Ring him up on the old meat hook. Okay. Um, so wait, came wait, wait, in wait. and go ahead, Stu. Sorry. Uh, would this be like interrogate somebody? No, it is not. Okay. But I like your thought process. <laughs> Torture? <laughs> you hit him with the old meat hook. Hit him with the meat hook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, do you have a guess? No, I, I use it in the form of a telephone. Like, get him on the old meat hook and talk to him about finance. You guys were so close, but so far. How? <laughs> Hit him with the old meat hook. It's your hand that you used to punch somebody with. Oh. <laughs> you guys were so close. It was a torture <laughs> device. Yeah, so like, it's your meat hook. I, I've actually heard it used. Oh my God. Not often. I mean, I've heard like <laughs> left hook, right hook, meat hook. Oh I mean, it's God. to hit like, think of hitting somebody with your yeah. hand. So yeah. Ham hand. <laughs> just <laughs> I mean this is like early. I think that one was like 1910s. So you need to catch these meat hooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fisticuffs and meat hooks. That's going to be like a new band name. <laughs> or a show title. Or a show title. <laughs> There's been a couple of good ones already. Fisticuff meat hooks. <laughs> okay, question number 2. What did the term I have to go see a man about a dog mean? Stu. Go ahead, Stu. You got to go take a leak. You have to go whiz. 
No. Oh. Really? No, it's changed. Oh, man. <laughs> it's changed. <laughs> I will give you the time. It is the 1930s. See a man about a dog. Now I'm on finances again, like Great or Great Depression, rather. Uh, <laughs> the dog is like, is, is the bad stocks. Got to go see your finance man about your money. What else is happening in the 1930s? It's raining cats and dogs. <laughs> what else is kind of being uh, amended or changed? Prohibition? Yeah. Oh, to go get so, a drink. So, uh, yeah, it's going to go buy alcohol. Uh-huh. Oh. oh. Go see a man about a dog. Huh. Uh. Interesting. <laughs> funny how that changed. <laughs> Things evolve, but the slang remains. The slang remains. I've got to go do something that you don't talk about in polite company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Question number four. A Wait, well- were there any points there? No, there were no points there. All right. I should have just assumed. <laughs> Where would you think there would be points going? To the dog. <laughs> Nell, gets, Nell gets a point, and she kind of looks at Ryan with suspicion. Yeah, Nell's the, the big, giant, floofy burner who's uh, oh, hanging out here. Oh. She's my parents' dog, and she hasn't quite warmed up to Ryan. <laughs> Just give it time. My, my family isn't very tall, and Ryan's a tall guy. So he's big and scary. <laughs> <laughs> She just forgot that we were best friends in a past life. Yeah, she'll remember. In a pre-COVID life. (laughs) Okay, question number four. A well-built woman was also called this term, also in a popular song from the same decade, the 1970s. Oh, come on, you all know it. A well-built woman? There's a lot of and not sh- nice terms there. Sharp-dressed man. Uh, Ryan. Go ahead. I don't think it's right, but a bird? No. Schnoo-schnoo? <laughs> <laughs> Stu, would you like to guess? Um, can you repeat the question really quick? A well-built woman was also called this term, which was also found in a very popular song from the same decade, the 1970s. I can't think of anything she's a super freak super freak (laughs) (laughs) i kind of like where you're going with it it's she's a brick oh no i don't know if i've ever considered the words to that song uh you know what i know it um yeah i was watching a motivational speech a while ago and he was talking about when he met his wife and they said back in my day they would call her brick house <laughs> oh my god. All right. Well, she went he was talking about how much she did for his life and stuff and and how he fell in love at first sight. <laughs> it, was beautiful. it was actually a lovely speech, but um that's where I first came up with thinking about using the term. Interesting. Oh. Sorry, that was a little less successful, but it was just such a fun round. No, that was a very <laughs> fun round. I loved it. It was fun. Uh I have <laughs> Rachel with 6, Stu with 2, and myself holding down the fort to furnish it yeah <laughs> it's now i have the squeaky chair and not my normal mic and the fort needs some work yeah it's <laughs> it's off your your magic uh your podcasting magic isn't flowing because you don't have your right equipment <laughs> you mean the, this award-winning podcast isn't all it's made up to be right now <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, uh, we'll get into uh, my round. I'm going to go and do some uh, general trivia. We're going to do the uh, Geek Bracket style. So I'm going to paste in six rounds into the chat for the two of you. And uh, you will go back and forth. So we'll pick four of these rounds. So you'll decide what you want. You get the question. Both of you can uh, answer in, buzz in like normal. And uh, we'll start with uh, Stu. So before then, the six categories are... Olympic events, law and order, money problems, literature, world geography, and science. Ooh. Uh, Stu, when you're ready. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to go with money problems. Money problems. All right. Question is, which U.S. president's face is exclusively on the $100,000 bill, a denomination that was never publicly circulated and was only ever used to transfer money from the Federal Reserve during the Great Depression? Rachel? Rachel. FDR? Not FDR. That's, that was my first thought, too. Um, this president's face is exclusively Ooh. on the $100,000 bill, a denomination that was never publicly circulated, but was only ever used to transfer money from the Federal Reserve during the Great Depression. I don't know my dates by any means. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if this is wrong, and I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> to the audience and to all the people that attempted to educate me over the years. Is this Grover <laughs> Cleveland? Uh, no, not a terrible guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, not necessarily in the scope of the Great Depression. Oh. But. Have another oh, guess. Man. Do I, yeah, do I have another guess or is there a hint? Uh, that's it. That's the end of the question. Can Aww. we have second guesses? Yeah, go for it. Can, uh, Will, I mean, you both were Rachel, Rachel can go first. All right, that's go fine. ahead. Oh, Wilson? It is Woodrow Wilson. Oh, man. His 17 points in the First World War. Yep. I thought it was going to be Hoover. Ah. Uh, that just would be my next like that, guess too. <laughs> yeah, that would just be like the time, right? So they're like, "Oh man, we yeah. gotta do this," and uh, you know, like, let's transfer some money. So they just like slap Hoover's face on there, and then the Hoover Dam was constructed, and he said, "Let it rain." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And handed one bill over. <laughs> yeah, one bill over. Right, one hundred thousand dollars, which you know is now a quadrillion billion dollars today after inflation. Right. <laughs> All right, one point to Rachel there, and uh, Rachel, it is your turn. Can I have Law and Order? Law and Order. I also know the TV show. Uh, <laughs> it is not related to the TV show. Uh, probably not related to anything Sorry. exactly in your wheelhouse, but uh, this question, name or best describe, I'll be very lenient here, Isaac Asimov's iconic Three Laws of Robotics which have long oh. impacted ethics and AI innovation in fiction and in real life. Um, oh, man. I'll say if you get even close to two, I'll give you the points. I know one of them. What name or best describe Isaac Asimov's iconic three laws of robotics? And technically, there's a fourth one. There's a zeroth law. So yeah, have at it. I will be very lenient here. But. Oh, Rachel? Rachel. Like, only create robots for good, as in not to hurt other humans, and to ensure that you can control it. Wow, that was actually where I went, too. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll give you that. The first law is a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction, or through inaction, allow a human to become, uh, to come to harm. And then, um, say the second one again. 
that you humans have to be able to remain in control. Uh, that was that was roughly what I said. I don't remember my exact words. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one point there. Uh, a robot must obey the orders given by humans beings, except in where such orders would conflict with the first law. These have a lot of this scaling thing. The third law is a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. And then technically there is a zeroth law. Uh, a robot may not harm humanity or by inaction allow humanity to come to harm. Hmm. So hmm. I'll give you one point there. Cool. Okay. So Ha! Nice. <laughs> and then you were just faster on the buzzer. I had the same answers. Yeah. <laughs> Got a law question right. Sort of-ish. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> no, more, I, I say not really. The... Logical. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, Stu, it is your turn. Uh, you still have Olympic events, literature, world geography, or science. Um, I'm really tempted to go for Olympic events, but I got to go with science. All right, science. The question is... Who was the first person to win two Nobel Prizes, first doing so in 1903 in physics and then in 1911 in chemistry? Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Um, Mary Curie. This is Mary Curie. Madam Curie. Or Madam Curie. Yes. Yes, I was, I was listening to a um, TV show about her today. Oh, oh nice. Well. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> about the dangers of the Edwardian, Edwardian ha- household. Uh, yeah, yeah, so many. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I'm a super exciting person, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Rachel, last pick. Olympics. All right. Oh, yes, thank you. Not. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, I I had a feeling Ryan might do a trick question for me on geography. So. Uh... All right. I thought about picking it, knowing that he might be merciful. I can't, I can't risk that. <laughs> all right the question in olympic events is what olympic event uses electrical components for scoring or has used electrical components for scoring for over 50 years because it simply moves too fast for even human judges and this was a topic of scandal in the 1977 montreal games rachel rachel is it biathlon uh not the biathlon I mean, this is what I'm sure there are a handful, even dating back that far, that use electronics in their scoring, but this is a very particular one. Um, What Olympic event uses electronical components for scoring and has for over 50 years because it simply moves too fast for even human judges to calculate uh, and was a topic of scandal in the 1977 Montreal Games? Stu? Stu. Is this bobsledding? Uh, not bobsledding. Okay. We have a bobsled team. <laughs> Any other guesses? I thought it, like, before um, you had said something about speed, I thought it was shuffleboard, and then that just became <laughs> that much funnier with speed. <laughs> um, I was thinking maybe okay. speed skating. Uh, oh. Not speed skating, although, I mean, technically, all those do make sense to an extent. Uh, Stu, do you have a final guess? Skiing? Not skiing. So this is actually because it's so hard for a judge to calculate when a hit is actually derived on target. There are sensors on the plate chest and I believe oh. the f- 
face, maybe not face. Um, there's one other one. Maybe it's the shoulders. I can't recall off the top of my head. And it essentially gets triggered when there is a certain amount of pressure. I believe I should have. What sport is this? Uh, I'm getting to that. I, <laughs> I should have had this. I should have had the the weight measure. It's somewhere around like a pound or two. But uh, this would be fencing. Wow. Oh. I was oh thinking gosh. winter games. I was stuck in the wrong. I, I know. Well, he said Montreal. And so both right. of us were like, it's cold. Like, <laughs> I would have, I would have maybe gotten to fencing in the summer. But <laughs> so supposedly the, the story is that there is a, uh, a Russian fencer who rigged his sword so that the handle had a button that would trigger the, um, the electronical component, the snap. So anytime he hit, he would just hit the button. And essentially the, I believe it was English contestant said like, I'm literally not being hit. Can you check his gear? And, uh, they did that. They found that there was a button there was, so he was disqualified and the, the English team, uh, eventually went on to win that year. Wow. But, uh, just because of the nature of how fast it goes and how hard it is to calculate you know, and making sure that the right pressure is applied and stuff. There's actually these electronical components that sit within the armor that uh, gets used to tally up the store, the score. Nice. So nice job. Um, Yeah. This is becoming a quite a, quite a (laughs) runaway. Uh, Rachel with 10 points, Stu with two and myself just holding down the fort. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Stu, it's back to you. Awesome. Cool. Uh, for my second round of trivia, uh, I've kind of I've modified a previous round that I've done, uh, which was on Disney villains, but now it is just villains. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the description of a villain's plot and their downfall, and I need you to give me the villain's name and the show or movie that they are from. Nice. Question number one. With his burning passion... This villain plans to take over the world by force. He rises to power by murdering his own father and shortly afterwards scars his only son for life. In the end, he's defeated by the multi-talented young hero and his friends. Ryan. Ryan. Is this Scar from The Lion King? It is not Scar from The Lion King. Rachel. Rachel. Is this um, Fire Lord? (laughs) um, I can't remember. This is Avatar The Last Airbender. It is. Could you give me his name for two uh, Fire Lord uh, Ozai? Ozai, that's right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Quite literally, source and suffer You all, I was also going to say Star Wars and Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that would fit into that category, but I felt like the uh, burning passion and scarring a son for life that, yeah. might tip, <laughs> tip that one off a little more. Nice work. Two points to Rachel. I thought you were going to get that, man. <laughs> I know. Well, you literally said Scar. And even though this isn't Disney anymore, I was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's I true. mean, Zuko has a huge scar on his face. <laughs> yeah, I recall. <laughs> in case you didn't know who that was in the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Sorry. I was thinking of the guy who sells cabbages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, he he has the worst go at any of anyone in that show. <laughs> if anyone has a a villainous redemption arc, it's him. Oh my god, the best! <laughs> All right, nice work. That's two points to Rachel. <laughs> Question number two: After refusing to deal with his past trauma of abandonment, the villain manipulates everyone and creates a hierarchy of power within a facility forcing all newcomers to deal with the worst clientele and problems while the higher-up get all the benefits. He ultimately meets his downfall at the hands of a garbage man. 
Sorry, I was just reliving my own work trauma until you said garbage man. (laughs) (laughs) After refusing to deal with his past trauma of abandonment, the the villain manipulates everyone and creates a hierarchy of power within a facility, forcing all the newcomers to deal with the worst clientele and problems while those higher up get all the benefits. He ultimately meets his demise at the hands of a garbage man. Uh, It's a little tough. I don't think it's it, but... uh... Uh, is it Dr. Evil in Austin Powers? It is not Dr. Evil in Austin Powers. Okay, hear me out here. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a plot of an episode of American Dad. Okay, <laughs> so you have, of course, the alien. Now, the alien had previously fell in love with the leader of his species, and then he abandoned him to go jetting off. So this leader, in order to deal with his abandonment, created this mall in a spaceship that's powered by this monster, which is also the garbage (laughs) thing. And so Jeff gets set off to space and he's trying to escape this place. The garbage thing eventually takes control and kills the king uh, and gets rid of the guy who, um, the, because he had created this thing because of his abandonment issues. That is co- absolutely coincidental <laughs> uh, that there is an episode of American Dad with uh, abandonment trauma, <laughs> manipulation, uh, facilities, as well as garbage men. <laughs> I'm going to guess maybe that was a spoof of whatever this is supposed to be. Probably not. (laughs) I don't know. Though I will say this one is animated, if if that helps at all. Animated, but not Disney. I'm not saying that it's not Disney. I'm just saying that not all of them are Disney. Well, then I'll say WALL-E. Okay, it is not (laughs) WALL-E. Rachel, any guesses? No, you heard my detailed guess. (laughs) Uh, This would be Lotso Huggin' Bear from Toy Story 3. Oh, it was hard not to completely because if I said daycare, <laughs> it might just completely throw that <laughs> throw that out there. Um, yeah, a okay. little bit more vague though. Nice. No points on that one. And question number three: Driven to evil from his own jealousy, this villain decides to overthrow the queen and take the throne as king, erasing everyone's memory and restructuring the rules of the game around him. After having a moment of transformation, the king ultimately dies in a, vo- a volcanic. Sorry, the king ultimately dies in a volcanic eruption. Um, and changes the game. Driven to evil from his own jealousy, this villain decides to overthrow the queen and take the throne as king. He erases everyone's memory and restructures the rules of the game around him. After having a moment of transformation, the king ultimately dies in a volcanic eruption. The memory one is... Yeah. Me up. I just am thinking like FB, or, uh, Men in Black. Oh, yeah. That's a, I'll give you the hint uh, for, for one point. Uh, this is also animated. Changes the rules of the game. One could say that, uh, you know, he ultimately uh, is erased from existence in a volcanic eruption. I don't have anything. I'm just thinking of like Wreck-It Ralph, but I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Any guesses? No. No. 
Oh man. Okay, so you were right, Rachel. It is King Candy from Wreck It Ralph. Oh, what? Oh literally, my God. literally takes the throne as king. Uh, king Candy. I actually don't think I've seen Wreck It Ralph all the way through. What? It's amazing. It's really good. The first one is really good. The second one's total trash, but the first one is really good. It, it's really good. It's cute too. We went on yeah. a road trip once where I think Rachel watched some of it and I tried to listen to it while driving and I was realizing like there's not, I can't pay it. Like there's not enough plot to like follow it's along. It's a kid's movie. Yeah. yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta watch it. Yeah, uh, I realized certain movies like certain movies that are, you know, just people based, you can just listen to and get. And then we also, I think, tried to watch Star Wars at one point. I was like, this is just a bunch of pew pew sounds and there's <laughs> yeah. nothing to follow without the visuals <laughs> right the, the scream of the tie fighters right. all righty no points on that one uh, a little bit tougher this time question number four and the last question of the round uh this i'll, I'll preface it with this movie is not animated uh, just to give you guys a, a pointer okay with plans to turn all the money and valuables in Fort Knox radioactive, this villain sought to take control of the U.S. economy with his monopoly of valuable resources. He stopped by the hero with he stopped by the hero and ultimately meets his demise by being sucked out of the window of a moving plane. I know the scene, but not because I've seen the movie, but because I've seen it on the scene on Reddit. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Terror, like I right because I rewatched it when I wrote the question and I was laughing so hard at that <laughs> at how bad it is, especially for being such a big uh, budget movie. Rachel, Rachel, is, I don't know the name of the villain, but it's snakes on a plane. It's not snakes on a plane, no. With plans to turn all the money and valuables in Fort Knox radioactive, this villain sought to take control of the U.S. economy with his monopoly of valuable resources. He's stopped by the hero and ultimately meets his demise by being sucked out of the window of a flying plane. I don't know. I also just watched Air Force One recently. Oh, man. 90s Harrison Ford. And so now I'm just thinking of that film. <laughs> That's going to be hard to like, yeah, not just directly go to that right away. Because something tells me just the ridiculousness of the plot that it's like 80s campy, like 80s or, or like 90s just... I don't know. It's pretty ridiculous, uh, but this would be Goldfinger. Oh. James Bond. I, I, yes, to control all the gold in the world, uh, or at least in the U.S. economy, by making every other piece of gold radioactive so nobody can touch it. <laughs> I want which, gold. <laughs> which included apparently uh, gassing the people at the front entrance of Fort Knox, mind you, which is insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. A little bit of a tougher round. I should drop a little bit more hints in there. But. No, it's a good one. Uh, all right. The scores are Rachel with 12, Stu with 2, and me with 0. <laughs> you have four questions to get out of the fort, Ryan. We might end this game in the fort. I don't know Wait, if it's no. ever happened before. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't think it has happened before. This is kind of exciting. All right. um. and Rachel wants nothing more than to make that happen. <laughs> I feel bad. Like it shouldn't go down like this. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm coming. I mean, back. I think it should, but I'm a gloating winner. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, to continue on my slang journey, um, I have a round called "Trees Are the Bees Knees," <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about trees. Yes. <laughs> um, various questions about 
trees. Um, in the question, you will figure out what I'm asking for. Okay. Question number one. Sitting in the middle of Nottinghamshire, England, Major Oak is allegedly the 1,000-year-old location where this hero of the people once took shelter. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Robin Hood. That is correct. Two points to Ryan, and you did make it out. Out of the fort, man. I feel like a winner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Question number two. Named after a famous Civil War general and believed to be the world's largest tree by volume, what is the name of this California giant sequoia? Oh. Can you say the first part one more time? Yeah. the whole question? Named after a famous Civil War general and believed to be the world's largest tree by volume, what is the name of this California giant sequoia? Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, I can't imagine it's the right person, but Robert E. Lee? No. That That is a Confederate general. Yes. Oh. I mean, still in the Civil War. Yeah, at least you got the timeline right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's it's a name. I can't imagine California would ever go for it, but, you know. (laughs) You never know. Stu, do you have any guesses? Man, I got nothing. This is General Sherman. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> it, I think, believe it. I believe Californians may uh, get upset about this. I think it's nearby what this tree known as Hyperion, which is the world's tallest tree. Oh, fun fact. Cool. Okay. Question number three Methuselah is thought to be one of the oldest living organisms at over 4,700 years old. What type of slow-growing, long-living, and high-altitude tree is it? It's, uh, I guess, the tree that holds the record, the single individual tree that holds the record is, of course, Prometheus. Right. Which was accidentally killed and was about 4,800. We can approximate at 4,800. It has, all records of it have since disappeared. Jeez. I know, like, I've seen the pictures of this, Mm -hmm. and I know what you're talking about. And I know that it's not like a common tree, obviously, because of like its nature as to how it stays alive and everything. I cannot, for the life of me, remember what type of tree it is. Ryan, do you have any guesses? No, not really. Okay, this is a bristlecone pine. They only grow at really high elevations where no other tree grows, and even the young ones look weathered like they're hundreds of thousands of years old. <laughs> I was going to say a pine tree just because I know they're, they right. are green even in like wintry conditions. Yeah, evergreen. Yeah. Conifers. <laughs> Okay, question number four. Uh, This one changes tone a little bit. This tree, actually a yucca palm, graced the front album of of the same name for you too. A plaque now stands in its place where where this tree once stood. Wait, say that again? So this tree, which is actually a yucca palm, graced the front album um, with the same name and um, for the band you too. A plaque now stands in place to commemorate where the tree once stood. Right. Are you looking for like city? Or are you looking for like region I'm, or country? I'm looking for the name of the tree, which right. is the same name as the album. 
Oh, okay. Sorry. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Joshua tree. Yes, this is the, jo- the Joshua tree. Oh, okay. It, it's really hard to say that because it is actually a yuc- yucca palm, but they're known as Joshua trees. Oh. Okay. Two points to Ryan there. And that is my round. Nice. So, um, 12 points to Rachel, <laughs> myself now with four points, Stu with two points. So th- this is going to be a weird round. I don't even know what to call this round. So the pretense here is that, uh, I was watching one of my favorite shows to binge watch community. And there was a quote by, uh, Senor Chang and where he, uh, it's just one of my favorite quotes and I kept listening to it and I just kept coming up with questions to write based on that quote. <laughs> so this will make sense and also reveal its ridiculousness as we go forward. But this is just a round uh, that I called Cluey and uh, that'll make sense in just a second. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give the quote and then lead into the question. Uh, so you'll get the four questions. Um, this will all make sense. And I'm very excited for this. So essentially the quote goes, he's trying to solve the case. He's trying to be like a sleuth and he's having a hard time. And he's like in front of a bathroom mirror trying to figure it out. And so he goes, still, I had a hunch, a matchbook. Something about it seemed cluey. Arizona Match Company. Arizona spelled backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. Maybe I was crazy, or maybe I was finally sane. <laughs> Clearly, Chang is still crazy. So, this is the question because Arizona spelled backwards is not Arizona. Uh, yeah. It's not even a Palomino because it is supposed to be what literary device? Rachel. Sorry, I think I heard both of you. Okay, so both of you lock in your answer. Uh, Still, a palindrome. Yeah, Rachel. Same. All right, <laughs> two points there. <laughs> Arizona spelled backwards is not Arizona. <laughs> not uh, Arizona. It's a Palomino. <laughs> oh my god! All right, nice. That would be uh, attempting to be a palindrome. So two points to both of you there. All right, question number two. Something about it seemed cluey. Arizona Match Company. Arizona spelled backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. But it's not a Palomino because a Palomino is a genetic golden white color trait found in what animal? Rachel. Rachel. Horses. Horses is correct. I knew that one. (laughs) Darn it, Rachel. Palomino is a specific horse with a a genetic gold and white color trait and uh, not backwards of Arizona. (laughs) Question number three. I'm going to buy a Palomino horse and name it Arizona (laughs) and no one will ever get it. (laughs) But name it back. Spell it backwards, please. Yeah, I got to spell it backwards. That's the official name. (laughs) Question number three. Arizona Match Company. Arizona spelled backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. But a Palomino is not even the state animal of Arizona. However, a Palo Verde is in fact what state symbol of Arizona? A Palo Verde. So, you know, you have like state 
flower yeah. state song. Uh, a Palo Verde is, in fact, what state symbol of Arizona? Rachel? Rachel. State tree? This is the state tree. Wow. It was on one of my crime shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my nice. God. Nice. Nice job. <laughs> I, I, my weird thing and the amount of time I spend listening to crime podcasts and 90s crime TV shows is paying off. <laughs> uh, all right. Question number four. Last question of the game. Arizona Match Company. <laughs> Arizona spelled backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. Was said by Senor Chang, played by Ken Jong, is best known for what role or for his role in what movie in which he won or which, sorry, for which he was nominated uh, for both the MTV Movie Awards Best Villain and Best WTF Moment. Um, oh, I know what it is and mm, I'm not going to be able to give you the title. I got nothing. The, I can describe it. <laughs> <laughs> the year was 2009. Yeah, I, I know which movie it is. I can't, I can't come up with the title. All right. Uh, I believe he was in um, Pineapple Express, possibly Knocked Up, that kind of brand of movie. Okay. Uh, this would be The Hangover. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I was like, I can picture, I can picture the movie cover. I, I've seen it. I was like, I just haven't <laughs> think of, thought of it in so long. I have uh, never before just been watching TV and just replayed a clip over and over again, just being like, I can come up with questions for this. That was great. Too, that, was that, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we'll put a specific link to that clip from Community in the show notes. Uh, yeah. Arizona spelled backwards is still Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Palomino. <laughs> all right uh that is the end of the game the scores are as follows uh don't even need to announce them but myself and <laughs> yeah. Stu both with four it's a palomino forward and back <laughs> and rachel with 18 points wow oh my god what's <laughs> happening <laughs> nicely done I'm, cl I'm claiming home field advantage on this <laughs> yeah. oh that's fair <laughs> I, I am in my home field, um, which is an empty room that isn't finished yet, where my mic is propped up on a ladder sitting on the floor on a foam pad. Perfect. <laughs> Although that just means that Stu has truly had home field advantage for the last that 64 episodes. Okay, I retract my statement. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah. Yeah, this is fun. I Thank apologize for any craziness in the audio. We'll obviously try to do our best. Uh, let's get to some picks where uh, a couple of us give a game experience, a movie, something cool like that. Re we recommend that you check out. And uh, Stu, today you have a pick. I do. Uh, yes. And so this is this game's been out for a couple of years now, uh, actually a little while, but it recently had a major content update. Uh, and this would be Stardew Valley yeah. for anybody who's ever played... Um, Anybody's ever played Harvest Moon, uh, especially for Nintendo like that, it's that style of game uh, with a little bit of a twist. There's a little bit more of RPG elements to it, but it is one person built the entire game by himself originally. Oh, and really? Yes, and as such, since had a team of people to actually help him uh, incorporate multiplayer and a couple of other things to it. And now, you know, he actually has like a little bit of a studio behind it. But Stardew Valley is probably one of the best games I 
I think has ever come out in my lifetime. It's wow. fantastic. I'm a big Harvest Moon fan. Um, you know, like it's essentially a farming simulator, but it's not like, you know, crazy into it. But like you build relationships with the town that townspeople that you're with. It's a very calm game. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything that's, you know, crazy. It's really fun with co-op, to be honest, uh, especially if you're just out to like have a fun time and like, I don't know, get some stuff done around the farm. It's it's a blast. <laughs> we'll have to uh, play some co-op. I've like I've kind of always wanted to dive in. Like I know it's not totally my style game, I think, like on the surface. I think maybe it the hooks that it gets into you are maybe deceiving from like what you see on the front because it's very just sort of eight bit kind of yeah. collectible game. Yeah, it that's what it looks like. But uh to be honest, it's it's a lot more. Like nice. You know, I think that there's something for pretty much most people, especially those who are more casual or even non-gamers. It's like I said, it's not a it's not an intense game. There are times that it can be intense. You know, you can go, you know, essentially monster hunting or monster slaying in the mines and things like that. And it can get pretty, you know, pretty actiony, but it doesn't have to be at all. And that's one of the beautiful things about it. You can literally spend your entire time watering crops and fishing and talking to people in town. And that's <laughs> totally legitimate. Yeah. You know. And you'll beat the game that way. It's so, pretty cool. So what's what came up with the, this big new addition, this big new yeah, push? So they had a, what's called like the 1.5 update. And I think it was a couple of months ago that it finally rolled out. But it's now on the 1.5 finally hit the Switch too. So that's part of the reason why um, I'm playing it now. But it's they've added, you know, the, the game essentially has like a set end date, right? So like you kind of go through the a couple of years on the farm. And after, you know, two or three years, generally you've pretty much done everything you can do and you know the game essentially loses loses a little bit of its touch then well 1.5 has rolled out an immense amount of content that happens uh, after the traditional game ending nice you know and it's it's good stuff you know it, they've revamped some of the earlier stuff you know before essentially what is quote unquote like you know 3 years in or 2 years into it but uh it's you know it's a lot a lot of stuff it's a lot of content uh you know new places new people new objectives uh new a lot of like hidden things and such so it's it's a blast and the new content's excellent and i'm not there yet uh but i even just replaying it all from scratch again or from the start it's it's been amazing yeah totally i i'm okay i'm gonna pick it up because yeah. i've always wanted to and i just like never just never bit the bullet but I'm, it's I'm gonna get you'll it. get lost in it yeah. that's the thing is like you know and it's a blast though that's you'll want to it's pretty cheap i you know i think maybe now it's like 35 dollars if you don't get it on sale if you want a physical copy it used to be about 20 um but even then the i mean i'd easily say that it's a 60 dollar game like yeah. it, it is fantastic i've heard yeah i've heard it's sort of just like more kind of just one of those peaceful almost like animal crossing style games yeah. it's not that i don't like those but I didn't always think that it would have the like, I don't know, just enough objectives and stuff to kind of move it forward. But uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. And, I, you know, I know we'll get to the next pick here. But yeah, it's it is a calmer game like Animal Crossing. But the yeah. nice thing is that the objectives are not like time based. Uh, you know, there is no like, oh, I'm doing my dailies to get the things that I want. It's all like you can take immediate action onto the things that you want to accomplish in the game. And I think that they've done an excellent job of leaving that control in the player's hands without you know forcing you to just like revisit it you revisit it because you're working on something mm -hmm. not because you have to get these things every day until, until you get the thing that you want it's you know it, it's up to you and yeah. it's really cool 
Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely pick it up. Uh, yeah, so Stardew Valley, we'll have links in the show notes. Uh, Rachel, you have a pick. I have a pick. <laughs> so I believe making everything that you do in your everyday life a little more fun. So I eat oatmeal probably every day for breakfast. It's filling, keeps me full, all that jazz. Um, well, I've always liked the Quaker um, maple and brown sugar. Well, fun fact, they brought up something that came back from my childhood. Would you say this they- is historic? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's groundbreaking. Would you say it's prehistoric? Prehistoric, yeah. <laughs> it might be prehistoric. They brought back the dino eggs. Quaker Maple, maple and brown sugar. But here's the best part. Why just have regular maple and brown sugar when you could have maple and brown sugar, which is essentially the same flavor, the <laughs> same, I mean, very similar, if not exactly the same health side on everything, but with dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> you so. sold me at exactly the same, which is what I think of when I think of oatmeal. <laughs> Dinosaurs. It's freaking amazing. Who doesn't want to start their work day with dinosaur oatmeal? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if you had two flavors that were exactly the same and one had dinosaurs and one didn't, which one would you have? The dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing one of the best parts. They come in as eggs in the in the oatmeal, but then the hot water or hot oatmeal melts away the the, the eggshell and leaves the dinosaur behind. These are these are evolving things. These are changing things. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's amazing. It's an experience. Also, were you ever one of the monsters that would just eat the eggs before you put them no, in there just to know what they tasted like? Like picking out all the marshmallows and the lucky yeah. charms? I was not, because that's the flavoring that goes into the oatmeal. And so if you eat those, you get less flavoring in your oatmeal. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Stu, were you one of those monsters? I tried it. I had to do it a couple of times. I didn't know what I was getting into. So that's my pick. Had some fun to your day. So genuine question, is this only in maple and brown sugar? Can you get this yeah. in all the other flavors? As of right now, it's only in maple and brown sugar. Man. I don't remember growing up whether it was in more flavors, but it's amazing. <laughs> Start your day off right in the Mesozoic era. <laughs> <laughs> time, tra- time travel, keep up. Get it before it goes extinct. <laughs> Well, I have a link, but obviously find it in your uh, grocery aisle. It's amazing. (laughs) It is pretty amazing. Uh, If you have a pick or something we can shout out on the show or you think other people would enjoy, email it to us at thingsthatgotwrong.com. Also check out Twitter and Instagram at thingsthatgotwrong. Check out the website for all the past episodes, show notes, and more. Uh, Next episode will come out late April, so stick tuned for that. It's now becoming a thing. I hate it's all totally of a thing. It's been a thing the whole time. You just didn't know. <laughs> I just didn't know. And now it's now it's meta and now it's ruined. And now it's <laughs> But either way, uh, thank you both, Stu and Rachel. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> and until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye, everybody.